I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Gotta love you some Floyd, son. A lot of people in Missoula love them some Floyd, I tell you I that. love me some Pinky Floyd, man. I tell you what. <laughs> we got a whole segment over on the trail. The Floydian slip. Pink Floyd. Rolling, rolling. all the time. Yeah, they're, uh, it's funny. I, I totally get it, and I get why they're so popular. It took me a long time to, like, warm up to it. What, what, uh, was, uh, what was your ambivalence, I guess? You also dislike the Beatles, so I question your sanity at least. You know, two but times like the Beatles, year. the Beatles are just soft, and I just hate stuff that's soft. And the Beatles are also <laughs> like just so they're they're so it's it's just bubblegum pop to me. Once I figured out that Pink Floyd was like all about like existential exploration and also like opening to the third eye. That's right. Yes, I then got I you. then I realized like yeah. when, then I got it, and then I was like, oh, these guys are like geniuses. But so were the Beatles. I, the, you don't got to tell me, man. I, I say this all the time. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. And From Sergeant e- Pepper's on, dude, it was... And the ESPN MT app. Like I always say, man, the Beatles are objectively the greatest band of all time. They had more Absolutely. influence on the, the world of music than any other band or artist that's ever existed. I fully understand that. What about that. Kanye? Not just by... Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I fully nah. get it, dude. They're just not for me. I've listened to the catalog over and over and over again. It's okay. It's fine. I would just prefer to choose, like, a billion other things. You know what, Coulter? You're only 92% perfect. (laughs) I'm good with that. It's, you know, your love of the Beatles knocks you down by eight pegs. We we all have our flaws. Carol Chicken Does Those Sports is going to join us here after just a little while. Roger's got to bounce, so I'm a... Conversate with him while we have him here, and then uh, Carolyn will swing by here. Do you want to know why I got to bounce early? Well, yeah, what's going it's, on? Well, I have to watch my. I, you know, I have my kids Sunday through Wednesday, yep, but yep. tonight I'm watching my daughter because nice. my son is going to his first like mommy Sundance. Oh, cool! So where's it at? At St. Joe's. Oh, baby. cool! Nice you know, on the good old hardwood little, of the rats. Oh, mommy my, Sundance! Oh, man, you That's gotta cool. love that. Yeah, nice. That'll be fun. So yeah, I'll, I'm gonna watch the little lady. So and, you and Chloe are gonna kick it. What are you guys gonna do? Whatever she wants, as is per my norm and usual. That is the ruling queen of my life, all yeah. three years old. Three three going on 40 already. Yeah. I love it. Um, all right, so let's talk then about the uh, the Final Four. The Final Four um, <laughs> begins tomorrow. Yes, sir. First game is at uh, 4.09, and then the second game tips, I believe, 6.49. And... Uh, First up is FAU, San Diego State, and then UConn and Miami. So, a couple of broad questions for you first, Rajim. Yeah. The the national media really wants people to believe that this is all the underdogs in the Final Four. And these, these teams are certainly underdogs. There has never been a Final Four that didn't have a one seed in it. And there's never been a Final Four where there's three first-time qualifiers in the same Final Four. And that's what we have with Miami, yeah. Florida Atlantic, and San Diego State. Yeah. Is that is this this broad perception of parity good or bad for college basketball? I think it's great. I love when mid majors make it. I love when yeah. uh, you know the 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 historical 
um, darlings yeah. of college basketball, both you know historically and more modern, like the Gonzagas of the world. Um, I love the parody. I, I love the fact that it isn't Duke or North Carolina or yeah. Michigan State or Kansas all the time. All you know, as as you know, the royalty of that uh, of 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 collegiate basketball. I love seeing FAU here. I love seeing these. So, you know, some of these schools people didn't even know existed until for sure, for sure. three weeks ago. I, I do think there's an element here with the state of affairs of college hoops and, and the way the transfers work and all that, that yeah. it's not a coincidence that three of the, like, sweetest beach schools in the country are these schools. San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, and Miami. Because if you're transferring, especially if you're grad transferring, where, where do you want to go? Somewhere warm. You want to go to Boca Raton, Florida, right? You want to go to San Diego, California. That sounds pretty good. I want spring break every day. <laughs> That's what it's like. Let's go. Right? So I do think that there's a, an element there as well. You're a Northeast guy, though. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that's been crazy to me is the, the sort of spin that it's all for the teams that are not Blue Bloods. And I don't know why how UConn fell out of that. Like, it's so interesting to me that there's like this national branding of Kansas and North Carolina and Kentucky and Duke, and, and rightfully so, and you, you understand all the reasons why, but UConn somehow left out of that. I don't know how. They're gunning for their fifth national championship. This is their sixth Final yeah. Four, so I don't really know what, what's the disconnect. We live in the world of all-time high short-term memory lapse. Like, if it's not swipe right, like it now, Instagram, TikTok, flash me out, blah, blah, blah. We forget about <laughs> things, right? We forget totally. We forget about things from two weeks ago, let alone 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, to, to dismiss UConn right. as one of the all-time great universities yeah. for collegiate basketball, men and women's, yeah. Is a tragedy well, and a short step, but a lot of this is just we forget. We are quick to forget and negate history in this country. No, I was down ESPN Radio. Andrew and I were talking about this uh, earlier this week too, and I, I I thought of a couple more things to add to my points that I had already made as well. Kick it. When I say Syracuse, who do you think of? Donovan McNabb. <laughs> but you think of but you think of Jim Beheim. Of course, right? I, and one three one offenses. When you, when you think when you Carmelo you, and John Wallace, but like Duke, you think of Bobby Hurley, Grant Hill, and, Coach and, K, and Mike, Mike Krzyzewski, right? North no Carolina, you think of Michael Jordan, right? But you think of Dean Smith, Roy Williams, absolutely. Kansas, you think of Roy Williams, Bill Self, like you just, totally. I think that's part of the evolution of UConn. They've done this under three coaches now. They're, they're, they were a, rel- a non factor until like the mid 90s, and then they became a juggernaut and they won five national championships, or they're going for their fifth national championship Huge. since 1999. Yeah. But that's under Jim Calhoun and Kevin Ollie and now Dan Hurley. So I think that's part of it. I also think that they've had um, so many great players that have defined their tournament runs and. So it's not just Christian Leitner. It's not just, and I'm not saying that Duke's just Christian Leitner or that North Carolina is just Michael Jordan. Those guys like, are just monolithic. No, for sure. But like, Kemba Walker and Ben Gordon and and Rip Hamilton all kind of fit in the same mold as as UConn as well. So you don't have like that one player that like defines them. You know what I'm saying? For UConn, yeah, uh, yeah, not for men's basketball, uh, women's basketball, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Uh, that how much do you think that's a factor? Andrew brought that point up. I thought it was a really good one. They're the only pro- program in the United States of America where the women's basketball team completely overshadows the men's Absolutely. basketball team. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, let me think about that one real quick. Uh, no, I actually I have another one for you. South Carolina. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's another one. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. Um, there's, there's just a couple of like women's programs that totally overshadow their male count. Louisiana Tech. 
Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can keep going. LSU. LSU. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, but by far, the widest margin gap is UConn. <laughs> There's, yeah. Gino. I mean, it's, it is it is the greatest Hands di- down. dynasty of college basketball history besides probably John Wooden's UCLA, right? Hands down. Yeah. Hands it, down. Quite a run. It's amazing that... It's amazing how much UConn pushed the sport forward in women's basketball and then how long it still took everybody to catch UConn. It, it was, you know what I'm saying? Like, they dominated for, like, 25 years, and then all of a sudden, high tides raise all ships, right? Now yes. South Carolina is unbelievably. Like, all these other so schools good. kept chasing UConn, and now UConn's, they're not just winning 88 games in a row. They're not getting the one, like, they were, I think, a two or maybe over the three seed this year, so... The rest of the the country has caught uh, up. Caught up. The gap has has. I was going to say widened, but it actually has become more narrow. Too much coffee. Thank you, Phil Cole. <laughs> Final four talk here. Rajiv Seabrook rolled with us here on uh, your Friday. A couple connections for you to Montana for this Final Four. Had fun time digging these up. If you know me, you know I love coaching trees and like the way that they sort of uh, spread out. Because you're always just just a couple degrees of separation uh, from something something or somebody that you know. So Dusty May has become kind of the darling coach of this tournament, getting F- F- Fort Atlantic to the Final Four. You know, he's he's young and handsome, but also they're just such an unlikely story uh, getting it, getting this far. But Dusty May he spent a long time uh, working for Kerry Rupp, and Kerry Rupp used to work here in Montana. He was at uh, University of Montana on Wayne Tinkle's staff, and then he went to Oregon State with Tinks. Carrie Rupp is, is widely uh, credited with being one of the guys that opened up the Australian pipeline. Josh Bannon is the recent, most recent Aussie, but they the Grizz have had quite a few Aussies uh, over the last handful of years. Fabian Krizlovic comes to mind. Jack Lopez comes to mind. They've had a couple other guys that maybe didn't make it quite to the end of their careers, but they've, they've done a good job uh, recruiting Australia, and Kerry Rupp was a, a huge spearhead of that. So Dusty May worked for uh, Kerry Rupp um, when, when Kerry Rupp was at Louisiana Tech. So that that's pretty interesting. Um, the other... FAU connection is one of Dusty May's um, assistant coaches is uh, a young man named Drew Williamson. And Drew Williamson played for Blaine Taylor at Old Dominion when Travis Takira, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies, was an assistant at Old Dominion. There's a good article in the Missoula today. Good job by Frank Gogola uh, for writing it. But it's about Drew Williamson and sort of his connection to Coach DeCure. He said Coach DeCure is one of the big influences in his life. And uh, same with Coach Taylor. So obviously Blaine Taylor, uh, a Missoula native who uh, played at Hellgate and then played for the Grizz, one of the most beloved head coaches Montana's ever had. Yes, sir. And then he was at Old Dominion for a while. And Travis DeCure uh, coached for him there at ODU. So uh, Mr. Williamson, Drew Williamson from FAU, he also has got uh, some connections here in Missoula. A couple other ones. Uh, Florida Atlantic, their offensive coordinator used to be Brian Wright, who spent time as the offensive coordinator at Montana State. Darius Mc- Denarius McGee, excuse me, one of the all-time great Bobcat quarterbacks ever. He uh, coached quarterbacks at FAU before coming back to his alma mater, so there's another one. That's funny, there's three FAU connections to Montana. Uh, and I couldn't really find any other ones pertaining to uh, San Diego State or Miami um, or UConn. 
Well, let's learn a little bit about these coaches, though, because I think that part's fascinating. Dan Hurley comes from a basketball family. His his father was a legendary high school coach. He's a high school Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. His brother, Bobby Hurley, was on those infamous Duke teams that went to four straight Final Fours in the late 80s and early 1990s. And uh, Dan Hurley then played at Seton Hall under P.J. Carlissimo. And then he was a uh, he got his, actually his coaching career started at this prep school in New Jersey. I was looking this up, and I texted to you. I was like, you ever heard of this place? You're like, oh, yeah, and you oh, gave yeah. me all these facts about this place. It's a New Jersey prep school, right? Yeah, just that whole pipeline from, like, down the Palisades, from, like, Fort Lee down to Newark. Yeah. Uh, they're just these incredibly small, old Catholic schools. Sure, right? Right. Just, Jesuit schools, yeah. Jesuit schools. And, you know, my brothers and I, we went to one called LaSalle, you know, yep. home of yep. Ron Artest and God Sham God. Uh, you went to the same high school as Ron Artest? Yeah, I, well I, I, I knew I knew God Sham God because you, your brother played with yeah. him, right? Yeah. yeah, but that's cool. Ron Artest too. I mean, Ron Artest is an interesting character. You are being so beautifully <laughs> you, PC. You right gotta now. watch. You gotta watch the documentary, The Quiet Storm. <laughs> but uh, about I Ron Artest, kind of lived some of that. Oh, for sure, yeah. man. Yeah, right? I got stories. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this school in in Jersey. Uh, J.R. Smith went there. A bunch of famous alumni, yeah, you sure. know, going back to the like mid to early 1800s. Yep. Um, some really transformative figures in the, in the history of that school. So yeah, it's just it's another huge family tree. Dan Hurley rose to the ranks pretty quickly once he got into the collegiate ranks. Uh, he spent two seasons at Wagner. Then he spent five seasons at Rhode Island. He actually won tournament games at Rhode Island two years in a row, and that's what landed him the UConn job. Rhode Island tried; they offered him a ten-year deal worth a bunch of money, and he turned it down to, to uh, take over at UConn. And it's been actually a pretty crazy task for him at UConn because for those that uh, didn't track the whole thing, when Jim Calhoun retired, they hired Kevin Ollie. Kevin Ollie came in, and UConn was in all sorts of flux because. The administration, the athletic department, they were screwing around and trying to find a home for UConn in football. So they left the Big East, and then they moved to the AAC, and then they didn't really have a home. And then they were thinking if they were going to go play FCS football, and the whole thing's been a wreck. And then they finally landed back in the Big East for basketball. But in the midst of that, then the basketball team got in a bunch of trouble. So it's actually been quite a rebuild, despite UConn's tradition. So um, impressive by Dan Hurley. Dusty May, we mentioned the Kerry Rupp connection. Um, he was just a career assistant, made stops at, at places like UAB, Louisiana Tech, before then uh, landing a job at um, Florida. He was the right-hand man for Mike White at Louisiana Tech and at Florida uh, before Mike White took over at Georgia, and then uh, Dusty May went on his way to Florida Atlantic. There was a great article earlier this week in The Athletic all about Dusty May sort of panicking when he first got the FAU job because he's like, do I want this? Is this really what I want to be? This is going to be career suicide. And then embraced it, built it up, and here they are. They're 33-3 and and in the Final Four for the first time ever. San Diego State's head coach is Brian Dutcher. He was the associate head coach under Steve Fisher for basically a lifetime. He was there uh, with Fisher at Michigan during the, the great run they had in the 80s and 90s that included three Final Fours and the 1989 National Championship. Uh, Dutcher was on Fisher's staff for a total of nine seasons at Michigan, and then those two went to San Diego State together. Dutcher was the associate head coach at San Diego State for 17 years before then taking over uh, as the head coach. And uh, he's really made it his own. He's 150 and 46 uh, over the last six years since taking over. They were 30 and two during the COVID year and might have had a, a chance to make 
a similar run to the one that they're doing right now. But uh, it's interesting because San Diego State is being pinned as this super underdog because they're from the Mountain West. But it, it, they they spend top thirty five money in college basketball. They have great resources. And they also have a guy with an unbelievable uh, resume. I mean, if you're the associate head coach for Steve Fisher for that many years, you know what you're doing, man, because Steve Fisher was one of the great college basketball coaches of his era in the 1990s when he was at Michigan. I mean, this guy coached the Fab Five. That's why you can just drop that mic, this (laughs) mic, and that mic right right there. Fat, like, dude, you you got a ring, one of the most transcendent, like, if the Fab Five isn't here, the NBA isn't what it is today. I'm just throwing it out there, folks. Like that, he was at the nucleus of sports transitioning into culture and vice versa. Like this, this, this dude don't get enough cred. A hundred percent. Don't get enough cred for sure. Hundred percent. Pro- professionally or streetwise. Yep. Um, give his bro- give that brother his due. Coulter. The last coach is Jim Laranega, who is <laughs> 73 years old, the head coach uh, of Miami, and uh, I actually hadn't realized this. I don't know how I forgot this, but he was the coach of that George Mason team that made that great run in the NCAA tournament. It was like one of the great Cinderella runs ever, right? That culminated in, I think they made it to the Elite Eight or maybe even as as far. They made it to the Final, the final Four. four. And, and when I, and I think it was my freshman year of college, 2006. And yeah, there it is, Final Four. And uh, then he parlayed that success then into... Uh, That's so crazy. I remember, I remember that. I also remember being like, those are like... God awful uniform colors. Totally, George Mason. For I, sure, I was just like they made it because they got they blinded people with that ugliness. Why do you think it is that Larinaga is somehow underrated? I mean, he's got 725 wins. This is uh, his first Final Four with Miami, but his second Final Four of his career. He's been to the Sweet 16. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five other times. Been to the Elite Eight last year with Miami as well. It's kind of it's actually sort of interesting that he doesn't really have that same pizzazz as other guys that have been in the game for so long and had so much success. I would love to see you know if we could get a roster of those teams. Yeah, he may not never have had that polarizing player that got him over that coaching hump. I think part of it too is that he is such a player's coach. Like Mike, a lot of the big time coach, Coach K and Tom Izzo and stuff. Like you can't miss them because they make so much of the game about them. Larry Negus mm. is kind of over there chilling. Like he's just like, yep, go get them. Where we are. Because he just looks like Mr. Old Grandpa Guy, and then his players are just so that you could tell they love him so much. He's a person as opposed to the coach being the persona. Right. All right. Fair enough. Got to love it. Any other thoughts on the Final Four before we get I'm you excited, out of here? I'm excited, man. Like, I'm really excited. Um, outside of UConn, I think it's going to be cool to see a different national championship coming from just yeah. a bit more obscurity. Yeah. Um, it was a crazy tournament. My bracket looks like Swiss cheese. Um, <laughs> For sure. But other than that, no, man. I'm just looking forward to a good game and, and having a good Monday night, you know, because usually now that Monday Night Football is gone, it's nice to have something that we get to watch. <laughs> Got to love it. Yes, uh, sir. Rajiv Seabrook kicking it with us like he does once a week, just depending on the day. Uh, the the message of the day is connect with people in your community. We'll keep you up to date with what's going on with the uh, the three on three hoops league that's coming, courtesy of Parks and Rec, and uh, we'll also uh, keep you up to date once a uh, uh, tell us something is coming down the pipe because we had a great time at that event last is night it as well. June sixteenth is the next I think one. That's right. Yeah, June sixteenth, Ogren Park. Yeah, yeah. And so get up there and tell a story, share a story. Hear a story, write one, teach a kid how to write a story, use common syntax and grammar. Thank you. <laughs> gotta love it. Raji will be back next week. But we gotta get him out of here because he's got I gotta watch some kids. Duty. So I can the little man can go take mom on a dance. 
Carolyn, the chicken does those sports, will join us for plenty of laughs right after this. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Radio. Wish Raj was still here so he could be dancing to this. It's always fun when we play one of his favorite jams. Appreciate Rajiv Seabrook for hanging out with us on most of the Friday. Thanks so much for uh, kicking it with us still if you're uh, still listening. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. An old friend. She's back. Carolyn's been on spring break for like three weeks gallivanting around the globe or something. Oh, yeah. I was in Daytona Beach. <laughs> just is, ripping it. Is spring break uh, the best or worst thing ever when you have teenage children? Um, It was fine, except we were all sick. So then no. So, yeah, no, but no vacation. We didn't go on a vacation, but we might next year. Mm, that's good. Yeah, we'll see. Well, welcome back. Chicken doesn't know sports. Uh, illustrious return. It's been a few weeks. It's been a fortnight. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Four, two weeks. Four score and seven years ago. Yeah, no, two weeks is you know a fortnight. what the score is? Uh, 10 years. I think, is it 10 or is it 20? It's 10. Hmm. Okay, 10 years. I'm going to Google it. Four score and seven years ago. A fortnight ago, uh-huh. I was on the air. Here you are. And now you're too... Actually, I was sick last week, so that wasn't my fault. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, all right, what do you got? Chicken doesn't know sports. Presented. Oh, happily. you're right. 20 years. 20 years. Four Sorry, score I always thought ago. it was time. Okay. Yeah, Chicken doesn't know sports. Uh, proudly presented by the Hype House. I took a great class down there yesterday. Good. Super efficient. You gotta love it. I got my hip fixed. Now my spinning is going much better. You say that every other week. I know, but I really actually do have the real solution. Crushed discs not happening anymore. Oh, good. It's I'm good. happy to hear that. Yeah. So uh, go check out the Hype House for not just your rehabilitation, but your fitness <laughs> needs. Uh, also, I I somehow went to this. Uh, I've done yoga sculpt and yoga power, core power, hot yoga. There's very, very many different types of this hot yoga at the hot house. I went to the Ashtanga for the first time. Sounds uh, dirty. It was 100 <laughs> minutes long. Okay. And uh, wow, I reached new levels of high. Really? Elevated being walking really? there. Oh, yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah, and some of these people are crazy how good they are at yoga. Yeah. I went to a class over the weekend and... I went in there thinking like, oh, this will be great. I'm going to stretch. And then I could not walk the next day. Nice. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Well, thanks to the Hot House and the Hype House for the uh, sponsorship of Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. All right, what do you got today? I want to talk about March Madness. Okay. Since we're at the end of March. Here we are. Are I allowed to say March Madness? Sure. Okay. Nobody um, that can actually regulate that is listening, so okay. that's fine. <laughs> You're not using it for proof. Promotional purposes, so you can totally no, say it. No, I'm not. Um, but I want to talk about the women. They nice. ruled the the, uh, the NCAA. Yeah, the ratings. They first of all, they the Elite Eight viewership averaged 2.2 million viewers, up 43 percent from last year. Wow. That's why great. do you think that is? Wow. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons why. 
Uh, I think, first of all, in my personal opinion, women's college basketball is a significantly better product than men's college basketball. Okay. Most people listening to that don't agree because they haven't given it a chance. In terms of like what the game of basketball should... The, the men's division one college basketball is the least like what basketball is supposed to be like than any other level of basketball in the world. Why? Because it's all based on physicality and athleticism instead of skill. Okay. The NBA is also based on size and athleticism, but it's also based on skill. The college guys just aren't as skilled as they need to be for how big that they are. Okay. So the games turn into like complete knockdown drag outs and there's so many fouls and it's just not as appealing of a style. The some people are drawn to that over NBA, though. There are some people who prefer college basketball to NBA. Right, because they don't know basketball. Oh, wow. Whoa. <laughs> or, All right. Or because, or because they, they believe preconceived notions that used to exist about the NBA remain true. Okay. Those guys are nothing but ball hogs. They don't play defense in the NBA. That's not true. The NBA plays unbelievable defense. You just can't play help defense in the NBA because everybody can shoot. Do you think the reason people are tuning into all the women is the fighting and the sucker punching? <laughs> uh, well, I, th I do think that there's there's some pretty marketable stars in this women's tournament as well. Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark is certainly the biggest college basketball star that remains in the tournament. Yep. Period. Man or woman. So I think that certainly uh, has helped the ratings as well. But the women's game is just way more free-flowing. And it's funny. The women's game is very much like the NBA without the dunking okay. and like the seven footers. Right. But in terms of like the floor spacing and all the intricate sets that they run and the shooting, that's a pretty good parallel. Like the men's basketball tournament, they can't shoot. That's why I think it's so funny that they put the boom mics right on the hoop because all, it, all it's doing is accentuating <laughs> how bad they <laughs> clank their shots. Like it's actually kind of wild. How Do you think this interest is. in women's basketball this year will help the WNBA? Not one bit. Okay. Uh, Why? Oh, man. This is in the weeds now. I mean, just, you don't need there's to get There's a lot too of reasons why. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of racial and aesthetic elements that make the WNBA not as popular as women's college basketball. And it's really unfortunate. What about when these like players for example, go Miami is still in the women's tournament, right? Or yeah. they get it bounced in the Elite Eight. I don't know. Like, I, I think they either made it to the Elite Eight or, they, or they're in the Final Four. Regardless, they are led by the Cavender twins who are famous right. not because of their great basketball players. Because they they're are, hot twins. But because they're beautiful blonde twins. Now, what if they go to the NBA? They're not going to play the no. WNBA at all. Well, think. maybe they could be if they could bring in some entertainment to the WNBA. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, that's just like the... The part that's really hard is that like some of the best basketball players, like for all of the 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 end of the twentieth century, they tried to market women's basketball as a women's entertainment spectacle rather than as the actual sport. Okay. By making things like what you look like very important, then it like turned a page and they just made it about the sport, and it hasn't accentuated their business at all. See, I think it's a balance. You, yeah. I think I've said this before. Give them a glow up, you know? <laughs> like, come on, gals. Sure. Like, I know you want to play basketball. Throw on some lipstick. There's, But there's like a part of it too, though, where I don't know why this is, but when we see giant men like Shaq, we think of him in like as a hero. Right. Like a god. Right. And then we see women like Brittany Griner and society thinks that she's a freak. Instead of like the parallel, right, the right, shot, right. I get what you're what I mean? saying. Yeah. So that's what's so frustrating about it. Instead of watching the game, we're analyzing the 
the look, the, look, the appearance. The physique. They, okay. I mean, you should wa- you should watch the documentary about the original U.S. women's team from the from the mid nineteen nineties when they were trying to launch the WNBA. They had all these awesome gals like yeah. Lisa Leslie and Cheryl say, yeah. and stuff. But then they tried to do that. They tried to sexualize them. They made them do like these Sears and Hanes underwear ads. I remember like those. All wearing. Yeah. And it's just so uncomfortable. Like they were trying to make these girls into sex symbols as well. And that, I just feel like that's not appropriate. It's not what it should be about. Okay. I do. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, but I do think it's cool that the women's t- tournament has gotten a lot of good uh, viewership. It's also impressive because a lot of the men's games are on network TV like CBS. The women's games are exclusively on ESPN, which yeah. means it's cable TV. So that means people are actually tuning in yeah. like, on cable, which is right. which is impressive. Caitlin Clark's a huge driver of this. She is going to be a, a superstar because it doesn't matter what she looks like. She's so, she's so good yeah. that people want to watch her. Yeah, and uh, lots of people have comments like um, I think it was Magic Johnson who was like, right. I've never done a triple double. Neither is uh, <laughs> uh, Michael Jordan or Larry Bird. Like, so I don't even know what that means. But it sounds good. <laughs> Whatever a triple double is, keep it going, Caitlin. Yeah, that's the other thing is I think that social media, for all of its bad points, social media has impacted basketball more than any other sport because you can, like the short little highlights that you can. Yeah share right. and comment on and stuff. And the best men's basketball players right now love baller girls. Like, okay. Caitlin Clark was like the talk of Twitter. Kevin Rantz tweeted about her, James yeah. Harden, like you're saying, Magic Johnson. Everybody's like, this girl is sweet. We love this girl. So she won the player of the year. Yep. And then they are facing, University of Iowa is facing the Gamecocks. Yeah, South Carolina undefeated. Um, I think tonight or this weekend or I don't know when. So let's talk about this Memphis player, Jamira Shoots. Okay. She punched, she's from Memphis. She punched in the, you know, handshake line, a player from Bowling Green. So hard that the girl landed on the floor. Okay. At the end of the game. And now chargers are brought against her. By the way, Miami lost to LSU. So my LSU into the final four along with Iowa, South Carolina, and Virginia Tech. By the way... LSU, my favorite coach. Kim Mulkey. Yeah, love her. Did you see her outfit last week? It was amazing. With With the the blazer and the, yeah, that, she is, I I gotta get that coat. I gotta wear that on ESPN. Oh, you should be her for Halloween. That would be great. Yeah. If they have a triple XL of that. Okay, we'll find out. In the market. Um, So so everybody's fighting. I missed this part. Well, no, not everybody's fighting. This chick sucker punched another chick Mm -hmm. um, from Bowling Green at the end of the game. And totally did not see this. Because the game was over. The, they had to bring assault charges to her through the Bowling Green Police Department. Whoa. But no one knows what happened and why. Hmm. They were like talking and then she just punched her. Whoa. Rumor has it the girl from Bowling Green elbowed her in the last 20 seconds of the game on accident. I don't know if it was an accident. I don't know what happened. Okay. But I... Would love it if they could go on Jerry Springer and hash this out. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> I think. Is that still on? No. There's no way, right? No, 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 no. Jerry Springer is not on. Okay. I'm sorry to report. Is he even alive? He's alive. Okay. But okay. you can watch old ones. You know I went to the Jerry Springer oh, taping. Oh, yeah, you told yeah. me this. I've been trying to find <laughs> it. And you got to ask a question. I got to ask a question, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I sure did. That'd be so funny to find. Uh, I'll keep looking. Okay, so, All right, the so women's tournament's doing great. Women's They're tournament's fighting. doing great. The other thing I love about the March Madness is all of the upsets. Mm-hmm. Because these small schools, like, not that San Diego State's small, but they beat Alabama. That's right. They're going to the final four. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. 
it's amazing. It's like when Loyola University, you know, mm-hmm. kept winning. Totally. And that old nun kept going to the games. Yeah, it's Loyola Chicago, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love it. It's uh, it's very cool. There's a lot of nuance to it. I mean, I think that th- this Final Four is being spun as like the Final Four of the most underdogs. Chicken does no sports here on ESPN Radio. Well, part of that's because the three of the teams that are in the Final Four were grossly underseeded. Okay. UConn was underseeded. Well, they yeah. Should have been a two. They are always good, right? And San Diego State probably should have been at least a four, if not a three. And what were they? And they were a five. Okay. And Florida Atlantic should have been probably a six, and they're a nine. And then what about Fairly? Dickinson? Well, Fairleigh Dickinson was a 16. They didn't even deserve to be in the tournament. They didn't even win their conference tournament. They lost then the how did they get there? game. But the team they lost to, who's a team that the Grizz beat earlier this year, Merrimack, has only been Division One for a couple of years, so they're transitioning. Because they hadn't been Division One for the allotted amount of years, they were not NCAA tournament eligible. So the second place team from that league. Really? Oh. And then they go to beat Purdue. That's amazing. Uh, but in the Final Four... Uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this, but it's not a coincidence to me that three of the most appealing, like, beach schools are the th- are three schools in the Final Four. Be- given the state of affairs in college basketball right now, because you can transfer all over the place and you can transfer oh. as a graduate transfer. Where, oh. where would you like to graduate transfer for your final year of eligibility? What sounds better than San Diego, right? Yeah. Where would you like to go? Can I graduate transfer to San Diego yeah, maybe, right now? Right. But like Nigel Pack from Miami, like he came from Kansas State and he's a grad transfer and they're paying him $800,000 a year to be there. They're paying him? Oh, yeah. That's uh, all uh, NIL, I- baby. Yeah, so That's, that was the other thing I read that NIL has had a huge impact on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all of this. So, so it's not a coincidence that the warm weather. I mean, got it. If you're gonna if you're gonna get grad transfers, it's pretty easy to get them to say, "Hey, move to Boca Raton, Florida." Right? Yeah, let's go to Boca. There you go. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's cool though. The upsets are cool, and uh, it's good for the sport uh, in some ways. It's, I guess I don't yeah. know. That doesn't sound so good. I don't like well, the, the sport. I mean, college sports are dead, but we don't need to depress the people. R.I.P. <laughs> Uh, Chicken does no sports. What else you got? Major League Baseball had opening day this weekend. Yeah, this week. Thursday. New rules in yep. Major League Baseball. There's okay. a pitch clock. There's bigger bases. Huge bases. Which Huge. I think is hilarious. Yeah. Um, why? I don't know. Like, why are they, why do they need bigger bases? Steal more. And they, they want more action. Because you can slide out and so, the guy can't get the tag there because you have more to get your hand on. And so that gives more action to That's the baseball. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Faster, higher scoring. Um, it's These new rules are supposed to move along the games faster. Yeah. Players seem happy about this. Sure. Everyone seems happy. I think they're probably really happy about the bigger bases. So, yeah. So maybe I'll actually... I don't think I'll ever watch baseball on TV. Nice. I, I like to go to a game live. That's right. But... Yeah, that's why all these changes are all for naught. They, they're trying to, like revive the interest in the game and the game's never going to be revived in the way that they want it to be revived. Why? Because you're never going to watch a game on TV and neither is anybody else. People watch it on TV. Yeah, for they, sure. they definitely do. But like you're either all in on baseball or you're not. Right. Like it's you can't like I'm a huge NBA fan and I don't watch the NBA until right now. Because, you know, there's only six games left in the regular season. I let them play 75 games until I start paying attention. Uh, You know, I would maybe watch it on TV if it does move faster. You know, I don't know. I think that's the 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 point. One of the main reasons why the the popularity of baseball has dissipated is because people want to go to sporting events or watch sporting events that mean something. Yeah. The bigger the meaning, the better it is. That's why they love March Madness because... 
you win, you move on, you lose, right. you go home. Everybody's crying or celebrating. That's it. There's like a huge magnitude to the games, right? Yeah. In baseball, you can just lose that's 10 true. games in that's a row. True. It doesn't matter. Maybe you, they should change that. Well, that would help, I think. But it but it also didn't help because during the COVID year, they played a way shorter season and it wasn't any more popular. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, all the baseball fans that you know that are obsessed with baseball, it's because they have a team. Right. Because it's impossible. You can't follow a 162-game season across 30 different teams, right? The NFL, it's every Sunday. You can follow the whole league. You don't have to have a team. Right. You can follow the whole Just league. Just watch the game. Watch the games. Right. Boom, here's all the highlights. Fantasy football helps you stay in it, whatever. Basketball, you, you can monitor what's going on, all the storylines without having to follow it because you know who's doing what and what drama queens are doing what. And then all of a sudden, by the time the playoffs roll around, you can start watching it because two-thirds of the league make the playoffs. Like 20 out of 30 teams make the playoffs right. in the NBA, right? So the regular season is totally irrelevant because only the 10 worst teams don't make it. That's it. Baseball is like... Every game doesn't mean anything compared to the whole scope of the season. So the only real baseball fans are people that want to watch every game of their team. Because you can't just follow the whole league as a sure. whole. I mean, actually, kind of can, but it's just way too complicated. Well, Aaron Judge probably takes every game seriously <laughs> because he hit a home run at his first at-bat of the season. How do you even know that? Because I saw it on the internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, Aaron Judge goes deep after setting the home run record last yeah, year. Yeah, so he had 62 home runs last year. Yep. I'm predicting 71. Wow. Tie the record. Oh, what's the record? 71? 71. From? Barry Bonds. But that was... Steroids. But that wasn't that struck from the record? Uh, kind of. Okay. It's so still the record, though. All right, then I'm going to go 72. 72 for yeah. Aaron Judge. You heard it here first. He hit, I mean. You should find a futures bet and put money on that. I don't even know what you're saying. What does that mean? You should bet on Aaron Judge to hit over 70. Where would I do that? I don't know, but if you could find it, you'd get good odds. Okay. You, you don't think people, you don't think other people think he could do that? I, I do, but oh. you'd still get good odds. It's just very Can I do that rare. at a sports bet Montana Yeah, maybe. Kiosk? I'll look it up for you. Okay, thanks. If I find it, I'll make the bet and you can pay me back. Okay. I'll ride with you. Okay. Five bucks. We'll each. share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And then and then we'll be millionaires. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I love Aaron Judge. I'm very excited for his season, and uh, we'll be keeping an eye on it. 72. What is your prediction? Oh, I think he'll hit like in the 40s because that's just what happens after you have those huge years. People will just like walk you and pitch around you because they don't want to be exploited by you anymore. Interesting. It's really, really, really hard to have like back-to-back record-setting years. It's actually never happened, really. Every time a guy's hit over 60, then the next year they hit way less. And it's not even their fault. It's just because people just pitch around Because they them. pitch around them. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I beg to differ. I'm looking up your odds right now. Aaron okay. Judge. Well, let's see what let's see what the line they what they set the line at. Yeah, the uh, the over under in Vegas is forty two and a half. Ooh, I'm putting my money on seventy two. Seventy two. You could probably get extremely good odds, except for I don't know if there's a sports book in the world that will let you tease what their line is by more than twenty points, but maybe. Okay. Let's look for it. You never know. Gambling with Carolyn. <laughs> Chick who doesn't know sports. <laughs> Chick who doesn't know gambling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there. I mean, have you you watched the documentary? No. Oh, you haven't watched the Aaron? Mm-mm. That's surprising. I thought all you women just loved murder shows. We do, um, but I've just been really bombarded with Real Housewives and stuff lately, and Bravo, and it's just I learned been about really... Vanderpump. Oh yeah, rules. did you hear the scandal? I heard there's some some hot tea. But I mean, I, this I got is nothing like my Super Bowl. This is the Vanderpump. Rules? Yes. Wow. It's yeah, it's good stuff. Wow. 
Well, maybe we'll have a segment on that someday. <laughs> Probably not. Is, are you guys watching the new season of Love is Blind? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Crushed it. We'll have to discuss it. Well, tomorrow or Friday is the next four episodes. So bummer. Can't wait. Yeah, it, it's disgusting to me that I am so obsessed with it. I think it's trashed the entire time I'm watching it. It is a very fascinating uh, uh, experiment of human relationships. Right. Though. It really is. Like the, on, the sociological experiment is is captivating. In all levels, because it's not even just like, oh, is love blind, da, da, da. It's really, are these people in it for the right reasons? These girls are definitely yeah. in it because they want to get influencer followers yeah. and just win. And, right. you know, so you can see it's, that's also what's interesting see, about it. I also want to just, they just need to throw a curveball. Like what? They just need to have an ugly person in there. Just ugly as all get out. Just ugly as a horse's Ugly butt. is like subjective. Totally. But every single person is like pretty good looking to like really good looking on yeah. the show. Yeah. yeah like yeah. all of the girls they've ever picked are like so hot. Eh. <laughs> There's different like varieties. They're not all the sure, same sure. type, but they're all beautiful. But they're all good looking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Give me somebody on there that just has like. No front tooth. Snaggle teeth. You know? Or or smells bad. Just give me somebody like straight out of like the NASCAR race in Talladega or something, you know? Okay. Give me somebody with like a severe drinking problem. Yes. I think that's a lot of them. See, this is the funniest part about the show. We could go off about this forever. I think that half these people don't know how to drink, and that's why it gets so crazy there because they take them to Mexico and then they're just, they're just like doing tequila shots. tequila shots, and it's like, okay, you have to be a very veteran, experienced drinker to be able to handle that. Most people that, that just drink normally can't just like go but rip seven shots of tequila at the pool. That and then, doesn't make good TV. That's like how I The know. Bachelor, all of them, they just, just give you all the so alcohol. I just funny. Like they just, these people just don't know how to handle their liquor. Like on this last one, these people are acting like high school Spring kids. Break. Like what are you guys doing? Are you going to get those gold glasses, the wine glasses? Mm, you know, I? You know which ones I'm talking about? No. They all they all have oh, the gold. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I was going to get some of those for my friend for her birthday because oh, we love Love is Blind. It's uh, it's something. It's so stupid. It's, certainly, it's so stupid. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. There's one couple on there that are doing it, though. They're going to make it. Brad Brett and, and, Brett, Brett and Teresa. Yeah. They're so cute. Yeah, they yeah. look like they were like just made for each other. They're both right. just gorgeous, mature. Yep. Just love them. That You want to know that's the other part. Half the way this experiment works is that the people are just normal, mature people. Those people are 35 years old. That's exactly. why that they're abil- they have the ability to be normal. And they're there to actually meet someone. And then there's someone. like the 24-year-old girls who are ruining everything. The it's, mean girls, It's like, yeah. you should just go home and just date around for four more years and then come back. Exactly. <laughs> they should do Love is Blind Seniors and have like <laughs> old people. Th- that would be cool. I know. Or like divorced people who are have like been go. through it, you know, and... What an idea. Let's pitch it to the Netflix. Okay, I'm on it. Chicken Doesn't Know Sports presented by The Hype House and Hot House Yoga. Uh, anything else? No, that's it. Thank you so much for being here. Can we make sure it's not a fortnight again, please? <laughs> I guess we'll see you next week. Thank you. We will indeed see you next week. Get you set up for the final four. couple final thoughts. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our 
ESPN Radio Podcast Network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. Once upon a time, when the Queen of England died, I uh, referenced her first name incorrectly, and Andrew texted me from the text line about the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth. And since then, the text line comes up in my phone as Queen Elizabeth. Hilarious. So that's why I search for when I'm searching for texts from Andrew that I need to remind me of stuff I need to say uh, here on the show. Hope you're having a great Friday. We've been having a great time. Thanks to Rajim Seabrook for coming by and kicking it with us. We talked all about Tell Us Something, a great community event of storytelling here in the Missoula community. Comes around several times a year. It's always really fun. And uh, we were there at the Denison Theater hanging out, watching it last night. Also talked uh, some hoops. Larry Kostowiak, headlining member of the Big Sky Conference Hall of Fame class this year. Dougie Peoples, the Gatorade Player of the Year in Montana, headed to the College of Idaho. Alex Germer, a former Max Preps Player of the Year for Montana out of Missoula Sentinel, also headed to the College of Idaho. And Big Sky MVP, Steel Venters, on his way out the door. We also had some history lessons, talked about uh, athletes from yesteryear that might translate into the modern era really, really well. Of course, we tagged some Final Four, and we heard from Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Plus, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Coming up on ESPN Radio this week, tomorrow, a little morning baseball. White Sox, actually one of the bigger disappointments in the league last year. They play the defending World Series champion, Houston Astros, at 11.30 a.m. That's our first of two baseball games we got on the radio this weekend. Tomorrow evening at 7.30, the Seattle Kraken, we are the affiliates of the Seattle Kraken. They play the Los Angeles Kings at 7.30 tomorrow night, so we'll have that one on the radio as well. And then on Sunday, 4 p.m., Phillies at Rangers, a team that played for the World Series last year in the Phillies, an upstart team with a veteran and proven manager in Bruce Bochy in the Rangers. That one, 4 p.m. on Sunday. Thanks for kicking it with us today and all week and always. Love doing the show. Love talking about all the things around this great community and this great state. And I love always spending time with you. And we really so much appreciate you spending time with us as well. We'll have a uh, national championship game matchup set by the time we come to you again on Monday. We'll see you then. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend and be good. This has been Nuanas Now.
ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.